Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman. And back for the bullpen, we've got Mark Mallett with us again, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Uh, it's always kind of fun coming out of the gate that way, but it is a serious subject, living prophecy in real time. There's so many things happening in the world right now. Everybody knows this, and there's all this talk about what's coming in October, and here we are in October, and a lot of things are unfolding. So we're going to get into some of that and break that down a little bit. And of course, everything begins with prayer. Father Heilman, I'm sorry, your eminence. We turn well, this over right. to you. Yes. Because I self-identify as a cardinal. That's Exactly. The, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, before amen. you get started, Doug, I just sure. I, before I forget, but uh, we had technical issues, and I'm going to have to run a little early. I got a meeting I got to get to. Yeah. Uh, but um, I thought it was so cool. Mark all of a sudden started praying the Hail Mary and then uh, called on the flame of love. And then he says, in Jesus' name, and on that word, boom, the technical issues were, were uh, healed. So yeah, very cool. Pretty cool. Jesus is yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, and thanks everybody for being with us tonight. This is going to be great. This is one of those episodes where we're just appreciative that you've all taken the time to join us. Uh, we got Mark Mallet with us tonight. We're going to break into a lot of this stuff about prophecy in real time and what's going on. But we want to thank everybody out there who supports the U.S. Grace Force podcast. Everybody who supports us in every way, shape, and form. Your prayers, your encouragement, your comments mean so much to us. And those of you who support us with the Patreon program, I say this every week, you're in our prayers. Uh, you're all in our prayers, but the Patreon program members, a special thanks to you because you do help us continue to pay the bills and keep this momentum going. And we do need to keep the momentum going because there is a lot unfolding right now as we speak. And we also want to make sure that we're doing the best we can with what we have while we have the time to do it. And that's a very real concern in our world right now, especially with the war that has broken out over in Israel and this potential es of escalation at the time we record this is very, very real. And so anything we can do to reach as many hearts and souls and lives as possible, that's what we want to do. So click the link in the description below if you'd like to support us at the Patreon program. That's a huge help. But please, everybody, keep us in your prayers. Father, myself, and our guest tonight, Mark Mallet, keep him in your prayers as well. Mark, awesome to have you back again, my friend. It's great. Uh, last time you were with us, we broke down some, you know, important topic about skepticism and prophecy. Um, but, you know, you and I were talking a little bit on the phone and, you know, the fact that we're living in something where we're kind of seeing things real time, that could be a lot of prophecies unfolding. I mean, and we want to talk about that. And we also want to talk about what we need to be doing spiritually and naturally to get prepared, you know, and really shore things up. You know, it's, uh, you know, Noah built that ark, but the day came when the door of the ark closed. And everything got rolling. And there are prophecies of things unfolding, and we're seeing things right now. What's your take on what's going on in the world right now and how this relates to the idea that, you know, prophecy, we could be living in this real time right now? Well, you know, I think you read in the book of uh, James and a, a, a Jude, I believe, and uh, I think First Peter as well, and he speaks about the scoffers who will come in the last times. And we have those today, the intellects in the Catholic Church who look at prophecy, Marian apparitions, or, or whatever it might be, and they scoff. And they say, well, 
you know, this is, you could apply this to any generation to all times. And I, I'm thinking of Cardinal St. Saint, Saint, uh, John Newman, who, who, who admitted that. He said that everybody, he says that it, thinks that at all times are perilous and that in every time serious and anxious minds alive to the honor of God and the needs of man are apt to consider no time so perilous as their own. So Cardinal Newman recognized this, but he went on to say the special peril of the time before us is the spread of that plague of infidelity that the apostles and our Lord himself have predicted as the worst calamity of the last times of the church, and at least a shadow, a typical image of the last times is coming over the world. So that was that was Cardinal Newman in 18-something. And um, so we look at these times now, and you hear the popes also of the last century, all speaking, many of them speaking about the, the signs of the times emerging. And people will continue scoffing, but you know what? We need to start talking to those who are listening and paying attention. Not worry about the scoffers, because you know what? It will be when the rains of the flood is, to use Father's analogy or your analogy, Doug, it's when the rains of the flood come that people started running toward the ark. And I'm sad to say it's going to be the case for many other people. But I don't think we should occupy our minds with this. I think people who are reasonable, who are who are critically thinking at this point, not chasing apparitions per se, but critically thinking can see that the signs of the times before us are clear. And I would submit we are beginning to live prophecy real time. And, and several of the apparitions from around the world, from seers who speak different languages, who, who aren't talking to each other, we're hearing messages from them, from Our Lady, all saying, Our Lady is saying, now the times that I have prophesied for decades, if not centuries, these times are now being fulfilled right now. And we post those messages at countdowntothekingdom.com. And I think anybody with eyes to see can see what is unfolding, for instance, in the Middle East right now is extraordinary. And and there's no sense us even talking about what's happening because the moment you and I say it right now, uh, it, it's old news. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think we need to step back from everything. And, and before I, I go forward, in, in case you have any comments, I, I want to share with you again, because I can't remember what I talked about in the last webcast about the, the, this word the Lord gave me many years ago that really established the foundation of my ministry, the nowword.com. And I really think we're living it now in real time. Yeah, let me just jump in real quick on, on something you said there, Mark. I, You know, the fact that we've got people who are scoffing left and right, I've seen videos out there of people that are focusing their energy on attacking, solely attacking, the the you know alleged prophecies that are going on right now and even attacking some of the ones that have been approved by the church for years and that's disturbing i think because when you see a lot of the signs at the times and i know you say this you've said it privately with me when we've talked you've said it on the first podcast is that you're not stating things in a definitive manner with with an absolute certainty to this and that but there is something that god gives us called common sense and, and the ability to reason and look at things clearly. And when we see things, especially in relation to messages and how they kind of unfold, and you make that point that different different messengers are getting these messages in various ways around the globe. They don't necessarily even speak the same language. It's not like they all care about their latest YouTube video. We live in this mindset thinking, that, well, someone maybe heard this from someone else and copied it off of their video. Some of these people don't even care about that. That's not what they're all about. Yet this information is getting out that their messages that they're receiving or allegedly receiving, let's just say that for safety, um, 
very similar. There's a lot of similarities in them. And then when you connect the dots and you see what's going on in the world, you do, you know, it really doesn't take much to put these pieces together and realize that things are happening right now, very serious, very real time. Mm -hmm. And, and I just think that's an important thing to remember is that those even in the past, whether it was Noah, whether it was Joseph of the Old Testament, whether it were the, the children of Fatima, uh, Bernadette Subaru back in Our Lady of Lords, she was mocked and ridiculed for the things that she said she was seeing and hearing. This is par for the course. Yes, some are found out to be inaccurate or maybe fraudulent. But when we look at these messages in relation to what's going on, it's very difficult to just scoff at all of them because something is very much unfolding in real time. Would, would you agree with that, Mark? Yeah, I think that's all really well said, Doug. Um, I mean, at countdowntothekingdom.com, we established that website on, uh, I think it was March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation in 2020. And uh, we, we that was before, I mean, we had that ball rolling before the world started coming apart. So I think it was divine providence because many people have converted now through that website. They have come back to Christ. They've come back to the church. And I'm talking thousands of people based on the letters that we're getting. It's been extraordinary. But we have talked to some of the seers, not all of them, but some of the seers on Countdown to the Kingdom. Um, we, we've asked them point blank, do you follow other seers around the internet? And they're, they've told us we're completely unaware. Most of the time, under their spiritual direction, they're instructed not to read other um, mm. for this. So there's no cross contamination. Um, and that's just a basic principle of spiritual direction when it comes to somebody who is receiving right. private revelation. Uh, they don't speak to one another, and in many cases, they are suffering um, uh, tremendously. Uh, sicknesses, stigmata, they're suffering the passion of the Christ, mockery. Uh, if you ask them if they are enjoying it, they will tell you no, but will they do it for the sake of Christ? Yes, and and the argument could be made, well, they're saying that, but they're deluded. And they're, of course, that's always a possibility, but the odds that anybody today would want to be mocked so sound, you know, roundly <laughs> by the world and by the church yeah. uh, to say that our mother said something is kind of a ludicrous idea. Mm -hmm. So with that, Doug, uh, I mean, I'm going to stick my neck out there, and I'm not a seer. I'm not. I'm not saying that, but it, one of the guiding words the Lord gave me um, when John Paul II called the young people at World Youth Day in 2002, you know, you want to talk about prophecy. One of the chief prophets in the church was John Paul II, as well as Benedict XVI. Mm -hmm. John Paul II asked us youth to become watchmen who announce the coming of the risen Christ, and so. I, I said yes. I said yes to that calling through a, through a personal experience I had with the Lord. And shortly after that, I was watching a storm coming across the, the Canadian prairies. And the Lord spoke such a clear word in my heart. He said, there is a great storm coming upon the world like a hurricane. And uh, it was I think it was a short time later, maybe a week or two later, I picked up the scriptures and I started reading Revelation chapter 6. And I'll be honest with you. I don't study this book. Uh, I, I read it when the Holy Spirit leads me to it because I think a lot of people try and figure out this book and they just make a mess of it. And so I just try and read it as the Spirit leads me. And as I started reading Revelation chapter 6 on the seven seals, I heard the Holy Spirit say in my heart, this is the great storm. You start reading it and the first seal uh, is the rider on the white horse who comes forward. Uh, he has a bow and a crown. 
and he goes out conquering. And one of the popes, forgive me, I think it might have been Pius XII, I can't remember, said that this represented Christ. And this is very controversial. A lot of people get upset when I say this. But he, he said it in a beautiful way that it was Jesus leading the the chastisements that would follow mm. and and that it's Christ then who is conquering through these chastisements because as we know it's often through suffering that people come to conversion anyway it's a, it's a beautiful teaching from the pope uh it's not definitive uh, no one's ever given a definitive dogma on the revelation chapter 6 so everything i'm saying here is open to dialogue but let's just move to the second seal for a moment and, and guys, butt in any time, Father or Doug, and just interrupt me, because um, I get a stream of thought going in me, and it's it's I almost have a hard time stopping it. Uh, but the second seal is a rider on a, a, on a red horse, and its rider was permitted to take peace, peace away from the earth so that men should slaughter one another, and he was given a great sword. And I have to tell you, uh, this seal... It's just my opinion that I think we are on the verge of seeing this completely, definitively fulfilled. We we have seen signs of it, labor pains of it, with the genocides, particularly Rwanda, that have happened uh, in this past century, World War One, World War Two. But I, I'm I'm particularly taken by that message at Rwanda, where the the children, twelve years before that genocide happened where they literally butchered one another. 800,000 to a million people were butchered to death. The kids saw in visions people floating down the river. They saw the butchery. It horrified them. And Our Lady told them this is a warning, not necessarily for Rwanda, but for the whole world. So how was Rwanda and this butchery supposed to be a warning for the whole world? I think the answer lies in this passage here where it says in the second seal, he was given a sword that people would slaughter one another. And as I wrote recently on my web on my uh, blog, thenowword.com, a, a writing called Rwanda's Warning. And we are hearing through intelligence agencies, and now you're seeing it in the headlines. Ever since I wrote that, now you've seen leaders coming out and warning that there could be some kind of a global jihad, terrorism breaking out throughout the entire world. And this has always been my fear. And that's what I wrote several years ago, that this could be coming where we see a kind of a, a, a ground zero day. And this is what the intelligence agency, uh, former FBI agents and people in intelligence have been saying, is there are, are there's plans for some sort of a global uh, breakout. And I'll tell you, as we watch the violence right now in the Middle East, my brothers, um, the, the brutality on both sides, uh, especially with the perception that Israel is, is um, well, and they are, they're le absolutely leveling Gaza, and it's horrifying. I mean, what I'm seeing on both sides, I'm not going to take anybody's side. I'm on the side of humans. I'm on the side of the families. I'm on the side of the innocents, on the side of the babies and the children. Um, I think what we're seeing right now is this may even be a deliberate provocation and getting ready for this moment. Listen, Our Lady warned Rwanda was a warning for the whole world. And I, I, I see her statues and her icons weeping, not just oil, but blood throughout the entire world. And instead of looking at this, and we've had bishops scientifically investigate these things and say, there's no, there's no explanation for it. It's, we can't explain it. It's a miracle. 
instead of listening to the message of what our lady's saying, we have the scoffers come forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, it's yeah. it, uh, sometimes accused of being father connected dots. And I just find mm -hmm. a lot of things interesting. And mm -hmm. here we were talking in September about the possibility that things would e erupt in October. And here we are. And uh, on the feast of our lady of victory, you know, that commemorates the battle of Apanto. That's when it broke out. Uh, but I also found interesting too. I, I, I was noted with October 13th. Of course, that's the, this is the uh, 106th anniversary of the miracle of the sun. It's also the 139th anniversary of Pope Leo the 13th vision of Satan and, and Jesus after mass. He, he saw Satan say he could, he could destroy the church and he was given a hundred years. And, and that's where the St. Michael prayer came from. But October 13th this year is the 50th anniversary of Our Lady of Akita. And here we are, and we're in the middle of a synod, too, uh, that in, in, in that message, it was to be cardinal against cardinal, bishop against bishop. And here we are on the exact 50th anniversary, and that synod is going on as we speak. Um, but I, I, what, I want, what I search, too, and I know what you both do, too, is, is what is Scripture telling us? Or, or I always say, you know, God seems to confirm some things. But the morning of October 13th, the first reading, proclaim a fast, call an mm. assembly, gather the elders, all who dwell in the land, into the house of the Lord, your God, and cry to the Lord. That was on October 13th, on the 50th anniversary of Our Lady of Akita. Um, you know what it harkens back for me is that I connected dots back in 2019. October 6th, you know, they say a report was cell phone activity went out in the Wuhan lamb from October 7th to October 23rd or whatever it was, indicating that some event happened on October 6th. Then we come to find out that Sister Agnes Sisagawa gets another message, first time since 1973, since the original mm -hmm. Our Lady of Akita. And what does she say? She, she says, uh, repent, uh, put on ashes and pray a repentant rosary. Okay, now the readings just yesterday are well well first of all let me let me say this you know proclaim a fast came out just as the patriarchs from uh, mm -hmm. Israel called for a worldwide fast uh, for today um so it, you know it, you can't make this up uh but then the readings uh yesterday the gospel says this generation is an evil generation it seeks a sign but no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah, okay? And what did they do? They put on ashes, they repented, and they fasted, okay? And God relented in his punishment. And we're being called right now to do that kind of repentance. We're called right now to, to humble ourselves. Um, and and we, we've faced, we're facing a moment in time, and I, I see this too, where, Mark, you named it too, that there's this scoffing, or this elitist, this smug elitism going on, this this uh, new world order, whatever you want to call it, the ruling elites of the world that are kind of, um, you know, they're, they're they're manufacturing a lot of this stuff. Uh, so that what? So that we get to the point where we go, please, rulers, please, you take care of us because mm -hmm. we're totally dependent upon you. I mean, and, and you look at what's going on, the Holy Land of all places where this initial battle could escalate into something worldwide well my logical mind goes how can it not almost i mean 
you once somebody does something then there's retaliation then the, and then all of a sudden the rest of the world has to pick sides and 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 all of a sudden you know well you did this there uh, we heard a report there was a bombing of the hospital well who did that you know it's that kind of stuff is how do we not and but i keep saying you know god is showing us he's shown us through these revelations he's shown us you know the apparitions that 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 have we've been gifted with through the blessed mother but then also through sacred scripture and and so i mean right at the beginning of the the mm. the covid a breakout our lady comes to sister agnes Sagawa, you know uh repent and and uh, or um put on ashes and pray to repentant rosary where that that's that's jonah you know that's the sign that jonah and so um, I know we're going to get into this more in the in the uh, podcast here about what we should be doing right now. But I wanted to point initially to look what God is showing us right now. You know, look at, I mean, it's it's mm -hmm. almost, it, it, sometimes he whispers, but sometimes it seems like he's shouting. You know, if only we ears to listen, uh, yeah. the, the, what's going on right now. But Mark, you know, here we are, we're in October and things are... Uh, the volcano seems to be like it's it's erupting. Do you have a sense of, you know, what's next? You know, where this is going from here? Well, Father, and all of that was beautifully said, Father. Thank you. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's a completely rational assessment. And um, it, it, it's getting to the point now where the, the ones who are irrational aren't the so-called apparition chasers. It's the ones who are denying the reality in front of them right now. Right. Yeah. So where is this going? Well, I have to tell you, you know, I've always looked at this Revelation chapter six and I've really tried to step back and go, well, you know, it's it, it could be fulfilled at different centuries at different times. And, and I think there's a certain truth to that. But I'm starting to see, I think that what St. John is seeing in Revelation chapter six with the opening of these seals could, in fact, and I'm not saying this definitively, could in fact actually be a chronological vision because if you look at the third seal he then he says a quart of wheat for denarius and three quarts of barley for denarius he's he's talking about what a day's wages buy and suddenly it's huge it doesn't or rather the opposite it doesn't buy much at all and what is that that's hyperinflation and all around us we are seeing signs of hyperinflation and I tell you, if if this war in the Middle East, and I suspect, I think we all suspect, it's going to get far worse, interrupts the oil supply, you're going to see very quickly hyperinflation that's already in the system right now. It's already affecting people. You're going to see it go crazy. Then you see the fourth seal, Father. And the fourth seal is the sword, famine, and plague. And what have we been told by the World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum? We've been told to expect famine. They're announcing it beforehand at the same time that they're they're calling our meat, they're calling our chickens, they're calling our food. As the same time, food factories are are being burnt up through the, uh, the United States and other places. Supply chains are being deliberately broken through lockdowns that make no sense. Um, and then they're talking about the release of a new virus. They're telling us what it is: the Marburg and other ones. You know what? Jesus told us all these things. And I am convinced, Father, that the labor pains Jesus spoke about in the first half of this great storm before we reached the sixth seal, and I'll talk about that in a moment, I'm convinced it's man-made. 
These are all things that are man-made. And our Pope spoke about this. They warned us that there was a plot among the secret societies, several, several dozens of documents written about this by the popes, warning that there was a plot to really undermine and overthrow the entire present order of the, the natural and the, and the Christian order, and then have a completely new order built up based on naturalism alone. And uh, those warnings from the popes are, you know, even though they were done maybe a hundred years ago, we're now seeing the fruit of them coming and you're hearing it in the low. It's right in front of us. The Great Reset. Build yeah. back better. Well, you can't build back better. I'm blessed. And I'm going to throw this out there unless you level Gaza, unless you level uh, Maui, unless you level uh, countries by starting wildfires. And I'm kind of throwing that out there as speculation. But you got to say, you got to admit something's really odd here when our global leaders for instance, declare a lockdown and then turn around after that and look at us and go, oh, golly, our supply chains are ruined. This is terrible. And you all need to cut back on your carbon footprint now. I mean, this is this is insane. And most people miss it because they're only watching CNN and right. the mainstream propaganda. And as a news reporter, I've sniffed this out years ago and I knew that I had to go to the alternative media to find the facts. And, uh, of course, if you do that, you're a conspiracy theory. So th then you get into the fifth seal, Father, and this, and Doug, and this is the persecution. It speaks about the people, those who died for the word of God, calling out from underneath the altar, saying, how much longer? How much longer, Lord? And this Lord says, just a little bit longer. And this persecution, as we were talking about before the show, the most important thing is not what's happening right now in the natural realm, although these things, the suffering we're seeing right now is just off the charts, but it's the spiritual suffering. And you you talked about the mass readings, Father. Well, the, the mass reading this morning on the day of this recording is, is from Romans 1. It's from Romans where St. Paul talks about how even though God's revealed himself, he lets men follow his own lusts. And although the mass reading was truncated, if you read a few more verses, it talks about man burning for man and woman for woman, and God allows this to take place. It's a prophecy by by St. Paul, a powerful prophecy of our times, of the natural conclusion of rejecting God, the evidence of God, seen in creation, seen in his miracles. We have Eucharistic miracles online. You can Google them, and it still won't convince people. And so... That leads, I'm, then before I talk about the sixth seal, I'm going to stop because I don't want to dominate your show. <laughs> no, no, they, they, we had, we invite John because we want to hear what, what your thoughts are and what you say about this. But, you know, and, and Mark, I got to say first before I comment on some of what you said, I appreciate the way you present this because you're presenting it in a way to say, look, this is dialogue for conversation. Let's get it out there. Let's discuss Absolutely. it. You know, you're not saying as if this is absolute, this is this, and this means this. However, you do nail things down there that, look very, very much like that. And I would agree with a lot of what you said with regards to consideration. We are seeing these things being told to us in our face. I am deeply bothered by those who go after the messages. They go after um, you know, those who are trying to say, hey, look, God's, God's saying something to us here. We've got to wake up to this, this normalcy bias mindset. Partly because if we live in the normalcy bias mindset, we don't want to accept the prophecies you know, even the alleged ones that we should at least be looking at at arm's length, I say. Let's at least at arm's length consider some of these. But when you go back to Father, what you had said about Sister Agnes Asagawa and the angel coming to her on the 6th, 
and talking about back in 2019 in October, in October, talking about, um, you know, putting on ash and praying a rosy repentance. These messages, you know, they connect with the Akita apparitions of 1973, which were approved. And, and you know, even I think it was Benedict XVI, Mark, maybe you know, did not he say, I think it was him who said that that was just an extension or a completion of the Fatima, third secret of Fatima, that Akita had something to do, the prophecy of Akita and fire falling from the sky had something to do with the third secret of Fatima. The fact that October 13th, the anniversary of the miracle of the sun in 1917, in 1973 was the final apparition that Our Lady gave to Sister Agnes Sasagawa. So we see all these connections. People will still choose to live in this normalcy bias mindset because then we don't have to do anything to change. I think that's a large part of it is if you telling me that a big storm is coming and my power might be taken out, my water might be shut off, food supply chains might be cut off because they can't get food in. If I don't want to believe that, then I don't go out and do anything. I don't take the steps necessary to be better prepared, food, water, shelter, and so forth. Spiritually speaking, why should I take the extra steps to fast more? Pray more. Get that rosary in every day, as Our Lady constantly has told us over and over, is a key part of this. Pray that rosary daily. And people who will find every reason under the sun not to do it baffles me, considering all that we see written on the wall right in front of us right now. But Mark, I'm curious, your thoughts on that, because you, you nailed all that down there with the different seals. I think there's so much in what you just said that is accurate, personally, I believe. There's a lot of accuracy in all of that. We're seeing it. We're hearing it. They've told us point blank, the World Economic Forum. You're right. They want to destroy the system the way it is. They've made this abundantly clear. Still, people will say that the World Economic Forum approach is conspiracy. Their website says this stuff. It's like when BLM comes out and says they want to destroy the nuclear family and still people say, no, nah, we don't think so. It's It was on their website for the longest time, okay, in their words. It's like Hamas has a charter that says the Jews should not exist, right? Jerusalem, Israel, get rid of it. They they don't believe in it. And still people will say, no, it, it's mostly peaceful protest type of stuff, people who support them at times. But Mark, you're, I'm curious about, do you think that people will reject this, live in the normalcy bias because they don't want to move on something? They don't want to change spiritually or naturally? Do you think that's one of the reasons that they continue to try to find reasons not to accept these prophecies and the talk of the, maybe the seals being opened before us right now? Well, there's there's one word in scripture that I find a little bit terrifying, and it's St. Paul's prediction that before the manifestation of the Antichrist, that there would be um, a, a time of lawlessness and apostasy. And, uh, you know, I say to people, what, when you see people going through the streets and burning down buildings, as we saw with Black Lives Matters, or what's happening in the Middle East or elsewhere, that to me is not lawlessness, that's anarchy. But the stage before of lawlessness is when you have Supreme Court judges walk into a courtroom and completely overturn the natural moral order, declaring, you know, giving weight to gender ideology or to abortion and allowing these things to happen. That to me is lawlessness. So we're well into this period. But what St. Paul says afterward is he warns that those who refuse to believe the truth, God is sending to them a strong delusion that those who refuse to, the, to believe the truth may be condemned. So in a sense, the Lord is saying, I've done everything I can to convince you, but because you've refused, I will allow you to be deceived by the deceiver. 
And I believe it, Monsignor Charles Pope said this uh, several years ago. I agree with him totally. I believe we're already in the first stages of that strong delusion. I think we witnessed it to a great degree over the last three years. And I'm not saying that to insult anybody, but we saw it. We've seen it and we're continuing to see it. Um, regarding Akita, I'm just thinking, my thoughts went back to what Father had said earlier, how Sister Agnes received a word right after the Vatican Gardens right. incident. Yeah, And I'll tell you what horrified me about the Vatican Gardens. It wasn't so much that little wooden statue of Pachamama. Mm. It was when I saw in front of the Pope these indigenous women bowing before mounds of dirt, bowing in adoration, and this being broadcast to the world, that to me was a, a horrific moment. Now, I don't know if the Holy Father was expecting it. We do know he dropped his final remarks and ended that whole session with the Our Father, in which we concluded, deliver us from evil. I thought that was ap apropos. But, you know, I did a writing at that time saying, have we put the branch to God's nose, using an Old Testament term, which means have we pushed him too far? And I mentioned the, the mass reading for today was all about what St. Paul said about men burning for men and women for women. At the same time in the headlines right now is the fact that a Neil Obstat, an imprimatur, was given to a biblical commentary that basically now tries to say that, that all the passages throughout the Old and New Testament that deal with homosexuality no longer apply to our generation. I mean... It's time for the purification of the church. It begins with the household of God, says St. Peter. How will it end for the world? Hmm. So I think we're in the midst of it. I think I think we have pushed it as far as we can, because when you start correct, corrupt, corrupting the future generation, which is our children, there is no future. And so we have forced the hand of God. And I tell you, boy, it'd be better for a millstone to be tied around our necks and thrown into a, a sea than for us to cause one of these little ones to sin. Yeah. And I'm it also thinking seem, the little ones we're destroying in the Middle East right now. Oh, it yeah. did seem what we went through with the COVID was a precursor to what we're dealing with right now. And, you know, you mentioned too, that there they were, I'll, I'll not, it's emblazoned in my brain. Um, sorry to say, but they were literally steps away from those stairs that go under the altar where the bones of Peter are. Hmm. when as you described you know they were worshiping mounds of dirt and let's go back to today's first reading i pulled it up again while claiming to be wise hmm, hmm. interesting right yeah they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal god for the likeness of an image of mortal man or of birds or of four-legged animals or of snakes okay i mean again uh, these 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 apparitions these prophecies and everything are amazing but i think the word of god confirms them you know and the timing of this word of god too that that it's just what we're we're, we're worshiping or we're conforming to not the word the now word we're not we're not conforming to the word we're conforming to the world right now and and that to me and please if you could speak to this the word versus the world. Uh, could you just speak to that, Mark? Yeah, well, I love what you, you quoted from St. Paul, you know, how right. the people think they're wise. And that that's the they whole... They think they're wise while claiming to be wise. The woke, mm -hmm. right? And that, that's the that's the great deception right now where we think we're, we're 
we're smarter than God, and therefore we are now beginning to genetically modify people. Yeah. A lot of people didn't see the speech that came from, and you'll have to forgive me, I forget the name of the company. But he said, had we announced to people that we were going to inject them with mRNA, he says 90% of the people were refused it. And so you hear this kind of thing where these people think they're wise, that they can manipulate our genes and our genetics, and that we can now start creating babies and in, in 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 you know laboratories and so on. Um, this is this is the spirit of Antichrist, Father. I mean, that's ultimately what we're seeing is the spirit right. of Antichrist where he man puts himself in the place of God. Yep. And this is you what the great become, reset's all about. You will become gods. Didn't the snake hang from the tree tell yeah. Eve that yeah. day? Yeah. Yeah. We, so we're developing these technologies where they really are saying we can we can upload our consciousness into a new body if the old yeah. one wears out. I mean, it's diabolical. Well, In some ways, it's exciting, though, because we now see the scriptures. We're seeing the mass readings, for one thing matching exactly what's going on so we're, we're exactly. seeing prophecy in real time backed right. by the word of god um but we're seeing these things happening which means that it's not going to last a whole lot longer although i think we still have some hard we have a lot of hard times ahead of us long years is what our lady said to pedro regis in brazil you have long years ahead of you doesn't mean many long years as in 20 30 40 but, you know, one year can be a long year when you're suffering and ask the people in Gaza or in Israel or in Ukraine or in other places or in third world countries where they still don't have fresh water if they're suffering. And how long is a long year? <laughs> well, Mark, I apologize, but I do have to run. You can see it through the lights up behind me, but uh, I have to get to my meeting. But um, I can't wait to see the rest of the podcast with you guys. But. God bless you, and uh, let's fast and pray. God bless. Amen. Amen. Thank you for all your insights, Thanks, Father. Father. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everybody. So it's just me and Mark for the rest of the program. Uh, Mark, do you mind getting into the sixth seal? You said you had more you wanted to address about the seals. Yeah, well, so you see this progression now. You see war breaking out chaos across the world you see hyperinflation so economic collapse you then see the fourth seal which is famine viruses spreading this is everything we again this has all been told to us you see the fifth seal which is then a persecution breaking out and then so you're getting an image of exactly what the lord told me which is a great storm coming upon the earth like a hurricane and the closer you get to the eye of the storm the more fierce the winds the more the more events there are and i think we're already starting to see one event upon another it's just going to get more rapid it's going to overwhelm us and i actually did a writing on this doug called uh warp speed shock and awe and how this is going to be this is a deliberate tactic used uh, not only by the military but it's it's just used um and uh, those who are pushing the great reset they're all saying the same language we need to do this fast we need to go at a revolutionary speed mm. and so i wrote about this how they're using that tactic of shock and awe and warp speed that we saw in the gulf war they're now starting to use on us uh, from a psychological operation and we're just going to see more and more of these events come where we just won't even be able to um, hardly cope with them. And But the Lord sees this. And what comes in the sixth seal, when all this chaos is breaking out, is the Lord's intervention. And we see the sixth seal break, the earth shakes, 
it says the sky folds back, stars fall. And all of a sudden, everyone from, it says from prince, from great to small, everyone is crying out uh, to the mountains and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. If you go back a couple chapters, Doug, in the vision of the lamb, he sees, John sees a lamb who is slain. In other words, Christ crucified. And it's like the world now is seeing this lamb, Christ crucified. Well, who talked about that but St. Faustina, mm -hmm. who said, before the day of justice comes, I am, Jesus said, I'm giving you the day of mercy. He said, all the lights will go out in the skies and the cross will appear in the sky. And from where his wounds were, light will shine upon the world. And, and now we know many other seers have spoken about this. They call it a warning. Other seers, such as uh, Blessed Mary Taiji, have called it Taigi have called it um, a, um, an illumination of conscience. Mm. Uh, Father Gobi and others have spoken about this. This illumination of conscience, where it will be as if we were standing before God, as if at the final judgment, and we will all see ourselves as if we are in our final judgment. And this is why I believe it says. The people cry out, they say, for the great day of the wrath of the Lamb has come. Who can stand before it? So th they feel this is the great day of the Lord, the final judgment. But it's not. If you go on and read, and this is fascinating, Doug, and I've been really been meditating on this this week in light of everything happening in the Holy Land. He then tells the angels um, not to hold back any kind of chest. Don't touch the earth, the sky, the trees, nothing. Wait until we have sealed on the foreheads the 144,000 out of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. Now, some people have said this could refer to the to the church. There's Again, there's no definitive teaching on this. Right. But what's interesting, Doug, is we're right at this point right now where Israel is being shaken. The Jewish people across the world right now are being shaken. And it's as if this warning is giving them a chance to be sealed, to accept Jesus Christ, who will be revealed through this illumination of conscience to the world. Those who accept him will be sealed. Because if you look at just nine verses later, it says, after he sees the tribes of Israel being sealed, he looks and behold a great multitude, which no one can count from every nation, from all tribes and tongues and peoples. In other words, everyone, including the Gentiles, he sees them gathering around and crying out, salvation belongs to our God and to the Lamb. And then after that, all hell breaks loose. And I believe is the final half of this storm, mm. which will include a manifestation of the Antichrist. And this is what the church fathers, the early church fathers spoke about this. They said that the Antichrist did not come at the very last day of the, at the very end of the world. They spoke about the Antichrist coming followed by the times of the kingdom, mm. a time of peace on earth. And we know now from the revelations to, for instance, Louisa Picaretta, servant of God, Louisa Picaretta, which are approved, by the way. He, Jesus says to her, the Our Father has not yet been fulfilled, but it will be fulfilled in this coming era of celestial love. So what we have to look forward to, Doug, is hope um, in the, the victory of Our Lady and Our Lord, the triumph of the Sacred Heart, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. But now is a time we need to make our final preparations. Uh, spiritually, you've already talked about it. Fasting, prayer, getting back to confession, uh, your daily prayer time, you need to stick to that. You need to 
to be bound to that because it's in prayer that we are given the graces that we need, it says in the catechism. Jesus said, unless you remain in me who am the vine, then you cannot bear fruit. So we're not going to get through this storm. You won't survive it unless you are a man or woman or a child of prayer. You need to be praying. Yeah. And the rosary is at the heart of this. And and then there's also, Doug, as you had mentioned to me earlier, reason would say that there's also some physical preparations. Right, right. Well, and that's something I know that, that first I got to say this, I, everything you just read about Revelation, I get a kick out of when people will say, and you run into this too, I'm sure, well, we don't get too dramatic or sensational about prophecies and things of that nature, because, you know, God wouldn't work in these dramatic, and you know, sensational ways. What you just read about the sky peeling back and stars falling from the sky and the earth shaking, or we could go to you know, the fact that the Son of Man comes into the world, Jesus, uh, the Son of God, and, he, and what's he go through? Um, he dies, and then he rises from the grave and conquers death and appears, and, 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 and all these different very dramatic and very sensational, if you want to call it that, events to make clear who he is. I mean, it, it, God loves to work in these sensational, dramatic ways, and we relate to that as people who enjoy storytelling that's done in, in great drama, dramatic fashion. Mm -hmm. But I find it interesting that even the prophecies of, of the changing of times and the ends of eras and so forth involve this very dramatic, sort of just engaging, intriguing uh, display of God's power and God's hand. I just think it's fantastic. But, you know, you would talk about um, again, the preparation part. And yeah, I mean, look, everybody, the Blessed Mother made clear, we've got to get that daily rosary in. She made it clear in Fatima. And my little little two cents on that is this, Mark, and when it comes to the rosary is many people will say, and I've heard this over the years, because I've been talking about the rosary for 40 years. Okay. They'll say, yeah, but I don't always feel like it. Yeah, I get distracted. Yeah, but the kids are kind of wound up at night. Yeah, I just, I don't feel like I'm really connecting. So it's almost as if they set a criteria and I've done it too. We can all do this, set a criteria for whether or not our rosaries are effective, whether they're fruitful. And there's nothing that Our Lady of Fatima, right here over my left shoulder, never does she say, pray the rosary every day, only if, and then fill in the blank. Only if yeah. you feel connected, only if you're not distracted, only if your kids are calm, only if, you know, you feel like your heart's really in it. She says, pray it. You know, it's like when I, I work out five, six days a week, sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes I just don't want to go out in my garage and work out in my little weight room out there, but I still do it because I know it's an investment in my health. It's an investment in 20, 30, 40 years from now of my health, what I'm doing even today. But I do it because I simply know that it's a good thing to do, even if I'm not really all fired up for doing it. Do you think that that is an aspect uh, of, of our attitude that we should have when it comes to preparation spiritually we'll address that first that whether we feel like it or not heaven hasn't made any statement along the lines of only if you're into this should you do it but the prophecies seem to say you need to get on board regardless of how you feel about these things what's your comment to, to on that and your advice to people when it comes to the spiritual preparation of prayer fasting sacraments whether we feel like it or not, what should our attitude be about that spiritual aspect of prepping? Well, certainly Our Lady was the first to recommend the rosary. She did this with St. Dominic. And of course, mm -hmm. the, the rosary was already in development prior to then. But right. uh, it was John Paul II, again, uh, who said, at times when Christianity itself seemed threatened, that the rosary itself delivered the Christian people of God. So mm -hmm. I want to just say three things about the rosary to get people who 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 are bored of it who would who who are really struggling right now 
three things why the rosary is so powerful. And I hope this will ignite you. The first thing is that every time you say a Hail Mary, you are fulfilling the word of God. You are fulfilling a prophecy. Why? Because Our Lady herself said in, in the Gospel of Luke, all generations will call me blessed. Mm. So whenever you say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. You are fulfilling the word of God. And I dare any evangelical Christian or Protestant to tell me that fulfilling the word of God doesn't have a seismic impact in uh, the spiritual realm. That's, that's number one. Number two, we're meditating on the gospels every time we pray the rosary. It's not just saying a bunch of words. In fact, we actually risk Jesus, remember Jesus' admonition in Matthew chapter 6. He says, don't heap up words like the Pharisees. We can do that with the rosary if our heart's not in it. But what we're supposed to do is meditate on the gospels, which are the word of God. And St. Paul said, the word of God is living and it is active. It is like a, it's like a sword that pierces the marrow in the heart. Mm. I, Doug, I've had entire teachings downloaded into my heart within three Hail Marys while praying the rosary. Yeah. This is what happens when we open our heart and let God speak to us. And then the third thing that makes the rosary so powerful, maybe this is the most powerful part, is if you add the Fatima prayer in, which is, oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins and save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. When you add that in with the Hail Mary, 100 times you have invoked the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. John Paul II said the, the very hinge of the rosary, of the Hail Mary rather, is the name of Jesus. And the name of Jesus, says the catechism, contains the very presence it signifies. When you invoke the name of Jesus, you're invoking God himself. His name contains the very presence that it signifies. And that's what makes the rosary so powerful. So when you're praying for world peace through the rosary and invoking the name of Jesus, you're calling Jesus's name down through that rosary, through the intercession of the blessed mother of God, who we know in, in the wedding of Cana, she was a powerful intercessor. She, they came to her and she went to Jesus said, can you change the water? Can you help them? They run out of water, wine. And he changed the water into wine through the appeal of our blessed mother and because she's in heaven now she's even more united to us here on earth she's not cut off from us we're even closer to her because now she who is completely one with christ is completely one with us who him who lives in us and so the rosary is central to what our lady is saying i don't fully understand it but as father mentioned earlier in this webcast the battle of lepanto when the Christian armies should have been completely defeated, when the Pope led the people of God to pray the rosary and intercession, um, they were defeated in that battle. And there's other battles that have happened and other yeah. miracles, thousands of miracles through the rosary, Doug. Um, yeah, the, and, story, the stories are really endless about, about the rosary. Right. Are they you ever? Know, it, it is, it, it's an unreal, just unbelievable, unreal weapon. Uh, her angelic psalter, a battering ram. I think she sold it, told St. Dominic back in the 13th century uh, to deal with the uh, Albigensians and all. Um, and another point I want to make before we get into the, the kind of the practical, natural side of how we should prepare is you mentioned earlier that about images that are weeping. And this is something I really, really want to encourage people to consider. We've had countless miraculous images throughout history, but they've ramped up more in recent generations. 
images, statues. The Akita in particular stands out, a wooden statue of Our Lady of All Nations, which was a, mm -hmm. you know, a, a previous apparition took place in the late 40s, early 50s in Amsterdam. And that image of the Our Lady of All Nations, a wooden statue, what, three, four feet tall, roughly, in the convent in Akita, wept 101 times. It perspired, which smelled like roses or perfume when it perspired. And it had a wound in the hand, a stigmata in one of the hands in the shape of a cross that bled for several weeks. Sister Agnes also had a stigmata for the same duration in her hand, the other hand, of course. So both hands, and basically left and right, recovered here but we've had these images and there's still many naysayers and i know there you can find ways to make these things you know fake and phony but the technology we have these days to really investigate and look at these images i was at a conference in michigan years ago and there was a weeping image there and it was on display and you could look all around it it was displayed in such a way where you couldn't touch it but you could see all around it and there was no tubes no anything going into it what is your 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 comment on these me these messages coming to us through simply weeping images. I mean, the fact that images of our Blessed Mother and some images of our Lord weep says something right there that they're weeping. I mean, that, that that's a pretty powerful message in of itself. But the fact that they're miraculous and many have been found to be authentically miraculous. Your your comment on that, Mark? The images. Yeah, it's 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 a great point, and I mean these things again. But there's actually nobody more skeptical about these things than the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. uh, people might think that our bishops just you know they they race out there and just promote these things. They don't. Um, right. When it comes to miracles and to, to weeping images and so on, there's actually investigations that are done by uh, medics, by scientists. Often they're atheists. Mm. Uh, who are asked to investigate these things and it's totally an independent investigation and at countdown to the kingdom.com we have a couple of writings there you can if you type in the keyword weeping uh or weep you will see we 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 put links to uh dozens and dozens of these images and icons throughout the world that, that aren't in the mainstream media no, nobody's talking about it nobody's putting this yeah. on the six o'clock news i right. mean why um Take Lourdes, for instance. Mm -hmm. You know, St. Bernadette scratched the ground. And to this day now, there's a river flowing there. That's a, It's a literal miracle that's ongoing. Mm -hmm. The image of Our Lady Guadalupe hanging in, in, in the Basilica in Mexico City. Once again, a scientifically inexplicable image. But this is the problem, Doug, is that we? this is such a cynical generation. Our hearts have become so hard that yeah. I would honestly say that if Jesus Christ himself were to walk among us and raise the dead again, I honestly think we'd just go back to scrolling our, our Facebook feeds and, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. Or as Father Howman says, people just go back to their golfing and shopping. You know, it's like we just don't want to be interrupted with these things. When, when Doug, they're, they're, yeah. it, 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 sir, gosh, I got excited there for a sec. Well, yeah. Doug, because I just thought of uh, what Jesus said. That in the last days, it will be like the days of Noah and people will be buying and selling mm -hmm. and yeah. In other words, Jesus was saying it's just going to be people totally tuned out and completely, as Father said earlier, worldly, occupied not with the word of God, but with the world. And this is another key sign of the times, including the scoffers, by the way. The scoffers were predicted, and here they are, right? Uh, they're all around us. So, yeah. 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 Especially when things have been, you know, it's realistically, I mean, the things have been so verified. Uh, Akita, for example, that wooden statue, they took the samples. Uh, Bishop Ito had, I think, three different medical independent facilities, independent medical facilities, researched them and found the perspiration, the tears, and the blood were all human. 
And to my understanding, they didn't reveal to those who were investigating them where they came from. They just said, here's some fluids, please check them out. And they came back as, oh, these are human. So we've had these amazing miracles. And just like the spitting of the sun in Fatima in 1917, we would think that these things would, which is another very dramatic event, by the way, everybody out there who says that we don't want to get into drama, God just spun the sun in the sky for several minutes and let people just process that. I mean, major conversions, I'm sure. And I'm sure a lot of people were dropping to their knees in an instant, um, not to mention everything had been rained on and it all dried up instantly. Um, naturally, though, we do know that there are many messages out there about building refuges. And there are people who have built refuges and they're getting chickens and water and, and storing up things. We have, of course, BR Coalition. A lot of our followers and, and viewers know about BR Coalition, Be Ready Coalition. We have a course out there at brcoalition.com that actually helps people prepare everything from getting a water, getting water filters and just getting things that are naturally needed. You know, you talked about the Rwandan genocide earlier, and I was giving a talk on that in Virginia about seven or eight years ago, and a guy stood up in the front row, and he said, I was there. I was an army sergeant. My job was to go in with about 20 men under my command and bring in a couple of 600-gallon water purifiers because people were getting very sick and even dying within three or four days from drinking dirty water. They were getting mm. sick from things like cholera. And I just want to ask your opinion on the importance and the responsibility, because there are people who follow prophecies and they do look at the signs of the times. I'll put out a video as I do on my BR Coalition channel or my Doug Berry YouTube channel. And I'll say something along the lines of, hey, we have a responsibility to practice the corporal works of mercy all the time, but especially in times of crisis when people are in desperate need of water, food, shelter, medical defense, protection, and so forth. We have a responsibility as Christians to practice these corporal, physical works of mercy. And there are people out there who will fall into certain quotes from saints. For example, St. Padre Pio. Love Padre Pio. But that quote, pray, hope, and don't worry, seems to be used as a, as a means or a reason, an excuse not to take steps to even make sure you've got some backup water in case your community water system goes down. And you've got maybe family, children, a spouse that you have to take care of. You want to make sure that you have shelter. You got running water. You've got clean water, drinking water. You got some medical care. You got some extra food on hand and so forth. Your thoughts, especially in relation to the messages and refuges that people are building and have been for sometimes 15, 20 years, people have been inspired to build refuges, get chickens, solar panels, to have power and so forth that there is a responsibility that we have to provide for the corporal needs of other people, food, water, and so forth, especially those that God entrusts to our care, such as the spouse, children, and so forth. Your thoughts on that, that key tangible physical aspect based on what we're getting from prophecies. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. And I, I think this is going to be really important. And I have a feeling this webcast is going to be spread around because the whole concept and discussion of, of refuges is, is misunderstood by many people. It's, it's even condemned the whole idea that there would be refuges, these places where God would preserve his people. So there's a, there's a few things we have to talk about. One is only God knows where and how he's going to preserve his people. I can tell you right now, I'm not preparing for refuge. I'm preparing to give my life for Christ. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that because I'm I'm um, I'm heroic or I'm virtue signaling. But this is the gospels. Jesus said, whoever loses his life for my sake will gain it. Um, 
I'm preparing to give my life for Jesus if that's what's necessary. I don't want to die. Oh, yeah, well, I want to live and I'm a grandpa right now. I want to see my grandkids. But that's our mindset has to be our eyes fixed on heaven and on Jesus. As it says in Hebrews, fix your eyes on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of our faith. And he, he even says, he goes on to say, you know, few of you have already sh have shed blood yet for him. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is, it just makes sense that God in these times of the of the, what we're going into, that he's going to have to preserve a people if we are in fact going into this times of the Antichrist. Now, to those who say that the concept of refuges is not biblical, you have to just look at Our Lady and, and, and St. Joseph and Jesus, whom God sent them to Egypt mm. to escape Herod's persecution there. Right. Egypt was the first refuge in a sense. And if you go back into the Old Testament, you'll find other examples. But Doug, I want to share with you uh, Church Father Lactantius, who gave this prophecy in the first, first to second century. Uh, this is extraordinary to me what he said. It sounds exactly like our times. And he, he brings up the concept of refugees. He says, this time, that time, he says, of lawlessness, basically, it'll be a time in which righteousness shall be cast out and innocence be hated. I mean, do I need to say anything more about that? We're seeing what's happening with our children mm -hmm. and these drag shows and everything. And innocence right. is hated. Yeah. In which the wicked shall prey upon the good as enemies and neither law nor order nor military discipline shall be preserved. All things shall be confounded. By the way, I'll say when all military discipline shall be preserved. Doug, the first time I heard that, I thought of the whole concept of preemptive strikes. And just before this webcast, I was reading about how um, uh, Iran now is raising the concept of a preemptive strike on Israel. And uh, the popes warned about this doctrine of preemptive strikes. So it's like if my, I think my neighbor could possibly come over and shoot me, I'm just going to walk over and shoot him first so he can't do that. So military discipline is falling. And this war in the Holy Land, Doug, there is no rules on both sides, it seems that there's just no rules. Yeah. So I just wanted to pause little, on that. It's getting a little scrappy. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's it's beyond scrappy. So <laughs> so Lactantius says, all things shall be confounded and mixed together against right and against the laws of nature. Then he goes on to say, thus the earth shall be laid waste. This is the great reset, folks. The earth shall be laid waste as though by one common robbery. And as I have said in my own writings, and the, the whole purpose of the great reset is really communism with a green hat the great reset the whole climate change ideology is to transfer wealth from the wealthy nations and spread it so lactantius saw this and then he says when these things so shall shall happen then the righteous and the followers of truth shall separate themselves from the wicked and flee into solitudes and so flee into these places that God will have set aside. And um, and I'll just quote St. Francis de Sales, and then I'll let you comment there, Doug. But St. Francis de Sales said the same thing. that the He said, a revolution shall come. And we're now, they're calling the Great Reset the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Right. He says, the sacrifice shall cease. There's now rumors being discussed about the mass words possibly being changed. Mm -hmm. We're seeing this maybe even already happening in the Amazon.
The Son of Man shall hardly find faith on earth, and all these passages are understood of the afflictions which Antichrist shall cause the church. But the church shall not fail, and shall be fed and preserved amidst, amidst the deserts and solitudes to which she shall retire, as the scripture says in Revelation chapter 12, the woman was given two wings and was brought out into the desert for 1260 days. So here you have in sacred tradition, this concept of refuges dug being established by the church fathers. And it, it only makes sense that God has to preserve his people. Right, right. Yeah. And that's, and that's the important thing to bring up for people who have struggled with the idea of actually taking some sort of action or being prepared to take action of some sort physically um, even on a day-to-day -day basis, we 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 know we have to go to the grocery store, get food or grow food. You have to prepare food. There are physical actions that have to be taken every day just to survive. You know, you have to drink, you have to if you if your child is sick and dehydrated, you don't just you don't just pray over them. That's great to do, but you make sure they're hydrated. You get them yeah. fluids. You know, they they could get sick, dehydrated, and dehydration can lead to devastating consequences for the health. Um, you know, you can go about three days without water and you'll die. I mean, it's, it's, these are just medical facts. So I love the fact that you bring up the scripture references to these things. I'll throw more in there. And that's Joseph of the Old Testament and the seven years of bounty and the seven years of famine. This is an amazing story to me because Pharaoh has to be one of the most godless men on the planet at the time. And he's given these dreams by God. And he goes to a guy in prison who's in there for pretty much sexual harassment charges of some, you know, you can kind of phrase it that way, pulls him out, tells him, I got this dream. What do you think's going on? He explains it to him. He gets put second in, in command and power of the whole of Egypt and is for seven years they're collecting food. The people must have lost their minds hearing about this. The gossip around the so-called water cooler at the time would have been, okay, so Pharaoh gets this message. He has a dream. He pulls a guy out of prison. He pulls this, this convict out. He tells him this. Now we're doing this. And I don't even know why they're saying we're going to have this. Everything is great. The bounty is there. It's all around us. And they were talking about a seven-year natural disaster famine mm -hmm. prophesied through this dream. And God reveals his power through it all, but they had to take the steps actionably in order for them to be able to do this. And, and it's not just grain. And people have to understand the infrastructure that would have had to been created to save enough food for seven years of famine, the storage bins alone that would have stored that extra grain. I mean, all that goes into an entire nation called Egypt, which fed, as scripture says, the rest of the world or the provinces all around Egypt came there. Then the famous phrase that we have, ite ad Yosef, you know, go to Joseph. Um, at that time, amazing to consider the natural preparation that had to be put into this. So there is scripture, as you mentioned, there's prophecy about this. There are people right now. I just want to say to the audience right now out there, don't laugh at this idea of taking natural steps. Now, everybody's going to do it on different levels. And we have a course out there that we sell, we offer. And at the time we record this, it, it is on sale. It's 50% off because when this war broke out in Israel, I just thought, look, there are another, all these other signs that are coming. And here's another sign that we might get hit with something here in the States and throughout the world. Let's make this as available as we can to people so people can have the chance to at least start looking at these things getting some extra food and water and shelter, medical defense. And here's another one. I'd like your comment on this um, community. And we talk about this in our Be Ready, our, our BREP course. We call it BREP, B-R-E-P for short. 
Uh, people call themselves breppers instead of preppers when they get the brep course. It's kind of a fun little thing to put it. But community, how important is community? Where do we find that in scripture or in some of the messages maybe? Because we talk about this in our course all the time. I can't do everything on my own. I've got a very defensive mind, like self-defense and so forth. You bet. I'll protect and defend. Um, I can do basic things. I can repair things. I've got skills in construction, repairing, growing a garden, things like this. I'm not a medically skilled guy. So I need help in a community of people who can deal with medical issues and many other examples can be given. Mark, your thoughts, comments, even messages out there about the need to build community, not just for prayer support, but for practical day-to-day skill sharing so that we can help each other get through difficult times. I always call community the the eighth sacrament. Um <laughs> <laughs> like because it's so powerful jesus said wherever two or three are gathered in my name there mm-hmm. i am in their midst right and i've experienced the power of of christian community um and uh it's powerful how the lord speaks and works through others i think we're going to be entering the time of miracles mm-hmm. uh, as one prophet said to me a wonderful prophet um as a friend of mine he said this is not the time of comfort but the time of miracles right right god's preparing us for that Um, Yeah, I agree with that. Mark, I think that's a great statement to end on. Uh, It's not a time for comfort. It's a time for miracles. And we've just, we've got to be in tune. As Father Hyman says, be in tune with God. Get that prayer life, that sacramental life, make that key and make sure that you're, 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 you're just engaged in that and make sure that you are taking the steps necessary to be close to God and care for your loved ones and round them up, get them together, let them know you love them and just spend that time with them in getting ready for, again, this revelation or this prophecy, we should say that's, we're really living in real time now, things that are Mm -hmm. happening that are, that are uh, no certainty, no definitive statements, anybody, but we're saying that there's a lot happening right now and it's moving very quickly and it would do us well to be wise and prepared, make that heart a a place of, of peace by being close to God. So yeah. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for being with us again. I really appreciate that. I know if Father were here, he'd give us a closing blessing. But uh, you want to just want to leave us with a prayer? Just lead sure. us in a closing prayer. Here. Let's do that. Okay. And thank you, Doug. Thank you again for having me. I, I really uh, enjoy you guys and the ministry you're doing. And uh, I think the Lord loves to see this. He, he loves yeah. to see us break down our little ministry walls. Yeah. And be, join and forces. Be, yeah, yeah. Join forces. And I uh, love your name grace for us that's this is all by grace so let's begin in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen and ask for the lord's grace um i I pray for all those watching right now jesus that you would pour your spirit upon them those who are or afraid right now jesus we know through the history of the martyrs we saw how whenever they were called to their death how you gave them such extraordinary grace and you will give us the grace when we need it not a moment sooner and not a moment later. You will give it to us when we need. So if we're afraid right now and and we feel the weakness of our flesh, we know that that's a call to greater faith and trust in you, not to panic. And so Jesus, I ask that you would bless Father, bless Doug, bless the now word and countdown to the kingdom and all these little apostolates, that they would be uh, also instruments of your grace to those who will go to these websites now and to look to read. May they, whatever's from us, May it just fall to the wayside, but Jesus, whatever is from you, may those words burn in their hearts and bring these wonderful people who are listening and watching right now deeper into your sacred heart. So we thank you, Lord, for this time with you. 
And we trust in you, Jesus. As you gave us five words for these times, Jesus, I trust in you. Help us to pray these words and to mean them and to live them as we go forward. In your holy name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Mark, thank you so much, brother. This was great having you on again. Appreciate everything. Oh, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much uh, for having me again, Doug. And uh, we'll continue to pray for one another.